0: Whether it's relational, whatever affliction, whatever suffering, whatever hurt, whatever pain, it matters to you tonight. You are touched moved with compassion for the feelings that you have for the afflictions they anger you because they've been brought on by Satan to kill, steal and destroy and tonight your heart is here your heart is here Your spirit is here to heal, restore, bring wholeness. And so, Father, we're entrusting the anointing of your spirit. We entrust the anointing that's upon your word. And we pray tonight that every eye, every ear, every heart would be opened allow the word of God to be planted down deep in their heart and open their heart to receive what you have for each one of us tonight we pray for your grace and wisdom for Rob and Mary and Satan we take authority over you in this place this is not your home this is not your sanctuary This is a sanctuary of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare tonight that the strongholds that you have established, physical, emotional, and relational, will come down tonight in Jesus' name. And Father, we declare that in the name of Jesus. And it's only in his name that we can be bold. And so we thank you for this in advance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank all of you for coming. We're grateful that each one of you is here, and we're confident that you'll be grateful that you're here, whether you're here tonight because you need a healing in your body or just here to support those that do and what God wants to do in their lives. Those of you that are joining us online, as I say regularly, don't be a spectator. You're here to be part of this service, and we believe that God can reach you through the media of However you're watching this tonight, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, or whatever wonderful miracle God has given us through using social media, at least for some good. And so we're grateful that you're here tonight. Well, uh, we, last summer we did a whole series on healing, but I never had a sense of actually praying for people, and that kind of bothered me. And I didn't know why until when Rob and Mary were here in September, and they were sharing some of the things that had been going on in their meetings, and I knew this was the time. So we invited him to come back on this Wednesday night. So without any further ado, Rob, would you come up? Welcome Rob Grinley. And Mary's going to minister with him as she sees fit. So, Rob. Let's Praise the Lord. Praise
1: God. I greet you all in the name of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Thank God for this opportunity to minister to you. Thank you you, Pastor John and Nita, for inviting us back. Praise the Lord. And we're trusting that tonight will be a special night in our lives together. Praise the Lord. So why not just open it up to the Holy Spirit to do as He wants to do. And we're just going to ask His blessing upon our time together. And then uh, we're just going to be free in the Lord. Is it okay if I come down here? Would that be fine? Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us and that you're for us tonight. And Father, there are some people who have come tonight, Lord, because they're desiring that you will heal their bodies and set them free. And Father, we thank you that tonight is their night. Hallelujah. The day of salvation has arrived, the day of saving even for those that need emotional healing and those that need to be set free from anxiety and disorders of the soul. We thank you that tonight is a night of freedom and liberty in Jesus' name. And Father, for every good thing that happens, every miracle that takes place, we promise to give you all the glory and all the honor. And we promise to covenant, to give it to Jesus, hallelujah, as he's the healer and the author and finisher of our faith. And we ask that you would be with us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to turn your Bibles with me. We're going to go through several passages of Scripture tonight. And then uh, trusting that the Lord will minister uh, at the end, but also minister as he sees fit to interrupt the service or my preaching so that he can just minister healing if he wants to. Praise the Lord. While we're worshiping, I just felt like there was someone over in this section. You have a knee issue? Can you come forward? Yeah, I know it's you, brother. Did you hurt it in basketball? Yeah, okay, it's you. Come on. Praise the Lord. Sister, you can come too. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Is it this one? Yeah, so I the left. Father, in the name of Jesus. We release healing virtue, Lord, into this body in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for these ligaments, tendons, knee cap, Lord. Hallelujah. All these parts of the knee to be re-healed and to be even stronger than it was before. We thank you, Jesus. And we give you glory. you our midst. Hallelujah. try it out yeah, like
0: crack. Crack, crack crack cracked
1: in place yeah. how is it now it feels good, it feels good. praise the Lord Thank God you. bless you. you sister can you sit down there i just, just sit yeah praise the Lord which one is it for you Too many replacements, two replacements. Oh, okay. okay okay all right father in the name of Jesus we release your healing virtue, Lord, into this knee, Lord, where they have uh, placed it in the hands of a man. Lord, we thank you that you're able to correct and to heal and to put it back into place in Jesus' name. And so Lord, we ask you to align every ligament, every tendon, every nerve. In Jesus' name. Have you had pain in it before? Both of them. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. All right. Praise God. Thank you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right. Praise the Lord. Brother, can you come? Mm-hmm. Don't be shy. It's okay. <laughs> you have an issue? Yes. Yeah. This is here? No. Okay, where is it? Your hip. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your healing virtue, Lord, into this body in Jesus' name. Good. Yeah. So, can now. Praise the Lord. Yeah. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Let's get into the Word of God tonight. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the Lord just does free samples. Lets us know what's coming later. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Psalms. Praise the Lord. I know for some of us, these verses are, are going to be a reminder to us, but thank God for reminders. Hallelujah. The Bible says let's be stirred up by way of remembrance. So Psalm 103, here it is, the Lord speaking to us. He says, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. So God, in his effort to sustain us, to get us to trust in him, has put his word inside of covenants. He's told us these things so that we could have faith that he will keep his word and do what he says. He put it in writing for us so that we could be assured that what God is saying he will actually do. Hallelujah. In the legal framework, there's such a thing as precedent. And once precedent is set, people use that as a way to moving forward even with new cases. Hallelujah. And the scripture is filled with precedent. And Lord, the judge of all the earth, he shall do right. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the Bible says that we should not forget any of his benefits, that he promises to heal all our diseases. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter if it's cancer. Doesn't matter if it's diabetes. It doesn't matter what it is. Hallelujah. To be issues of our intestines, praise the Lord. He promises that he will heal every sickness and heal every disease. And God is not going to deny His word to us. Hallelujah. It is Him that's telling us not to forget these benefits. And so much the devil wants us to forget the benefits of the Lord. He wants us to forget that God is alive and that Jesus is resurrected in power. Hallelujah. And that Jesus has already sorted the sickness problem. That there is a cure for everything. And that cure has a name. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. In fact, when it tells us to go and heal the sick, the word can be healed. It is also the word cure. Hallelujah. And so I believe there's a cure for everything. Hallelujah. Everything under the sun, there's a cure. It is the name of Jesus. And so it's important that we not mislay these benefits. And tonight is an opportunity for us to kind of rekindle our understanding and our zeal for the benefits of the Lord. We want to be zealous about the benefits of the Lord. We want to bless the Lord with all of our soul. Because why? He's going to forgive all sin, hallelujah, and He heals all diseases. Now I want to take us through some passages tonight to help us uh, as we approach the Lord. I'm going to take us through several passages, uh, starting in Matthew chapter 4. And I think our friends behind the computers are going to help us with some of these verses. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thank God He doesn't change. And with Him, there's no shadow of turning. Hallelujah. Now, in biblical times, what they had is they had... um, Uh, a way of telling time, it was based on the sun and shadows. And by saying that with Him there's no shadow of turning, it's a way in which saying that He's always at peak power. Hallelujah. It's always high noon with Him. Hallelujah. And so that there is no, in, in the Lord, there is no ups and downs in the Lord. There is no shadow of turning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Once he became Jesus Christ, he has not changed. Hallelujah. Now, there was a time when he was walking the earth waiting for the anointing to come upon him. But once it came, hallelujah, that Jesus has never changed. Because there was a time in his life where he was not really able to help people that were sick and diseased. But there came a time when he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And at that point, he began to set people free from sickness, from disease, from demonic powers. And that Jesus has never changed. Hallelujah. And so we want to look at the ministry of Jesus so that we can have the same expectation in Jesus that they had even then. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 24. Says then, fame went throughout all Syria. That's a big place, isn't it? And they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Hallelujah! Not he healed some of them; he healed them. They heard about him. They were so excited about it, they went into another country and they gathered up all the sick people there and they brought them to Jesus. This was a huge crowd. And what does the Bible say? It had various diseases, various torments, and He healed them there. Hallelujah. Let's go on to Matthew chapter 8. It says, When evening had come, they brought to Him all who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with the word and healed all that were sick. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, He withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed Him, and He healed them all. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. And when Jesus went out, He saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion, and healed their sick. Matthew chapter 15, verse 30. Great multitudes came to Him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. They laid them down at Jesus' feet, and He healed them. Matthew chapter 19, verse 2. Great multitudes followed Him, and He healed them there. Matthew chapter 21, verse 4. It says, and this was done, that, which, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying... Can we go further? When they, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong... There should be another verse after that, but that's okay. Let's go on to, to Luke chapter 4, that's fine. When the sun was setting, all those who had any sick, that were sick with various diseases, brought them to him. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Next, however, the report went about concerning him all the more and great multitudes came together to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Chapter 6, verse 17, he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude from Judea, Jerusalem, the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him to be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for healing power went out from him and healed them all. This is just a small portion of scriptures to give us an idea that those that came to Jesus had a universal experience. It wasn't that Jesus healed some of the sick that came to him. Over and over, the scripture is being used to uh, calibrate us to the fact that they all had a similar experience because they were meeting with a similar Jesus. Jesus was not picking and choosing who he would help. He was not healing some of them and leaving some behind. There were not lucky ones and unlucky ones. Those that came to Him, He healed them all. Hallelujah. Now, it didn't just say that they came to be healed, although some of them did. There was a process with some of them. First, they had to hear Him in order so that they could be brought into their healing, which He had available for them. Praise the Lord. And so, if Jesus healed them all back then, then Jesus can heal all tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, because he hasn't changed, right? And no matter how big the multitude is, no matter how big the multitude was, it tells us that Jesus took his time that they might be healed. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4, he laid his hands on each one of them and healed them. Hallelujah. That made for some long meetings. That meant that sometimes people had to wait a little while for it to be their turn. In other words, Jesus didn't just pass through them and all of it was done. There were times when things like that happened, but there were times when Jesus took his time with each person to make sure that they were healed. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, you know, people are willing to go to the doctor's office and wait an hour to see a specialist. Hallelujah. We can wait on the Lord. He's a specialist. Hallelujah. So my my point in sharing those verses is to break down because some people have the mentality that Jesus only heals some people. And maybe that has been our past experience that we have seen some people healed and some people not being healed. And that's fine. Probably we have seen that. But we want to come in line with the way of thinking according to the Word of God, not according to our past experiences. The Bible says if we continue in the Word, we'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Hallelujah. And the fact that maybe even in our own past we have not received, maybe in our own past we have been disappointed, maybe in our own past we were praying for someone and they were not healed. Yes, those things have happened. We cannot deny that they happened. But thank God, hallelujah, we can look again at Jesus and see his ministry under the microscope of the word of God. We can align ourselves with a new way of thinking so that we can have new experiences in our life. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go over to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, let's look at verse 8. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. Now, the word saved is, you know, we use it for being born again, receiving eternal life, eternal deliverance. But it's also the word that's used in the Gospels for when people are healed. And so we could say that we could say the same thing, for by grace you have been healed through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Next. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, this is a very important principle is just like you cannot earn salvation, eternal life, you also cannot earn healing for your body. It is a gift that God gives. Hallelujah. Because some people say, well, so-and-so was such a good believer and if they were not healed, then what are my chances? Healing is not doled out based on the goodness of ourselves. It is an act of the grace of God. Hallelujah. And those who are often counting on their own goodness as giving them audience with God often have to be humbled to come to God to say, God, I don't deserve this, but I do believe in it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to access your grace, I'm going to access your gift. Praise the Lord. Because sometimes churches have been defeated because a really holy sister or holy man didn't receive their healing. And we've been devastated sometimes. Because we were thinking according to the way that people think. I don't know about you, but I I grew up in the Catholic Church. And you know, kind of the conception that I had in the Catholic Church growing up was, if you're good, you'll get to heaven. And a lot of us coming from that mindset have also still kind of came with that mindset into our other experiences with the Lord. That if we're good, then we, we merit this or we merit that. No, we don't. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. And it's a gift which He desires to give to us. He wants to show us His goodness. Hallelujah. He wants to rescue and deliver. Praise the Lord. So we're saved by grace through faith. Not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. There'll be no one healed that can say, I got healed because I was the best Christian at Faith Christian Center. I got healed because I tithe the most. I got healed because I read the Bible the most. No, you didn't get healed because of that. You got healed by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it's, you know, often for receiving salvation, we have to reach the place where we recognize this is not about us. It's about the provision of God. We just have to receive it. All right, so let's go back in our Bibles. Let's go over to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. Now, this is probably the most comprehensive passage about the subject of healing. And I want to just give you a little bit of background for this. Isaiah is seeing into the spiritual world about 700 years before these events take place. And he is seeing them and he is recording them and telling us what is taking place both in the realm which we can see but also in the hidden and the invisible realm. Okay, Isaiah 53. Can we look at verse starting in verse 3. Do we have Young's translation for this or no? There we go, great, okay. The reason I have you put up Young's translation is because the King James translates it as uh, griefs and sorrows, but the words in the original Hebrew mean sicknesses and pain. And so as we're reading it, if we don't know that, we might conclude that he's talking about something else when he's really talking about the physical body. And we'll talk about how we even know that coming over to the New Testament. Okay, so Isaiah is seeing this and he says about Jesus, he says, he is despised and rejected of men or left of men. A man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding his face from us, he is despised, and we did not or we esteemed him not. Next verse. Surely our sicknesses he hath borne, and our pains he has carried them. And we, we have esteemed him, plagued, smitten by God, and afflicted. Now let's stop there for a moment. What Isaiah is saying is, People were seeing Jesus suffering. They didn't understand what was going on. And when they didn't understand what was going on, they didn't esteem what was going on. They didn't esteem Him. But there came a point where at some point they recognized it's not just His sickness that He's carrying. He's carrying my sickness. It's not just His pain that He's carrying. He's carrying my pain. And it says... And we esteemed him smitten by God and afflicted. Hallelujah. Because why? If Jesus carried your sickness 2,000 years ago, there's no reason for you to carry it anymore. If Jesus took your pains 2,000 years ago, there's no reason for you to carry them anymore. And Jesus fulfilled the role. You know, in the Old Testament, they had the the Day of Atonement. They'd have these two goats. One would be put to death. The other one would carry the the effects, the sins, away. And they had these two expressions of what Jesus would do. Yes, He died for us. But also He bore, He nasa, that's the word used for the scapegoat. He bore our sicknesses and carried them away from us. Hallelujah. See, there's a lot of people who don't know this about the Lord. They don't understand what He has done. They believe that Jesus carried their sins on the cross. And thank God that's true, and He did. But He didn't just take your sins. He also took every future sickness that would try to attack your body. He also took every pain, whether it's the effect of sickness, whether it's the effect of an injury, whether it's the effect of a car wreck. Jesus took it 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. And that's good news. Hallelujah. Because why? Many of us in this room, we have confidence when we're praying about getting forgiven of sins. We have an assurance that if we ask the Lord to forgive us, He'll forgive us. What is your assurance based on? Your assurance should be based on the fact that Jesus has taken your sins 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. So we have people that even go to prisons, right? And they tell people that have committed the most heinous acts. That if you ask God to forgive you, he'll forgive you. What about this? Forgiveness. What about this? It's bigger. Forgiveness. What about this? It's forgiveness. Hallelujah. What about I've been doing this for a long time? Forgiveness. What does that mean? That we can have the same confidence when dealing with sicknesses and diseases. Because why? Jesus has carried them. Hallelujah. He has bore them. Now, if we go back to verse 1. And I know we don't have this in the, uh, the Youngs, but let's go back to verse 1. Just in the New King James is fine. Let me read it to you while they're pulling that up. I didn't give it to them beforehand. I didn't know we were going to look at it. But this is what it says. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed our report? And to whom will God reveal His arm or strength to? So Isaiah is being prompted to say, I'm about to give a report. He started giving it in, in chapter 52 actually. And then he asked the question, Who's believed this. And whoever has believed it, the arm of the Lord will be revealed to them. Hallelujah. If we believe it, God will reveal His strength to us. Praise the Lord. He has carried your sickness. He has bore your pains. And because of that, just like with forgiveness of sins, we can go to Him and we can say, Lord, I set the time. Right? If you ask for to be forgiven of sin, do you want to be forgiven 10 months from now? Do you talk about being forgiven of sin and say, I know someday I'll be forgiven? I don't know about you, I don't want that. I don't want, you know, I know someday I'll be forgiven. I want tonight to be my night, hallelujah. I want the time when I have committed the act, I want that time to be the time... When I receive because why my provision for receiving has already been set back in time, not in the future. Provision for freedom is in the past, not in the future. So once I find out about it, I can immediately step through the door of freedom in Jesus. You'll know the truth and then you'll have to wait for it for some time. No, that's not what it says. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Remember the wish, woman with the issue of blood? She said, when I touch his garments, I shall be made whole. And then he turns around and he says, who touched me? He didn't even know. He was not the one who initiated it. She did. And what did she do when she initiated She said, not only am I initiating what I'm doing, I'm initiating the time. Hallelujah. She's not saying, you know, someday I'll be healed. She's saying, I know this is my time. Hallelujah. Can we set the times with God? When it comes to healing, we can. When it comes to forgiveness, we do all the time, don't we? There comes a time in our spiritual life for some of us when we used to be tormented, always thinking, I'm not sure if I'm actually forgiven. You remember those days? Were we asked over and over again, hoping that we were forgiven? But someday it dawned upon our heart that forgiveness was based on something bigger than ourselves. It was based on the will and provision of God. Hallelujah. And we moved our confidence away from how we felt to what He said. That if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. To forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's go back to Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he has put him to grief. Again, that word grief is not the word grief in the original language. It's he has pleased the Lord to bruise him, he has put him to sickness. So what was happening to Jesus at the cross? Jesus was not just being afflicted with the crucifixion of the Romans. Jesus was not just being afflicted with what the devil was doing. Jesus was being afflicted by God. God was taking our punishments and our pains and our sicknesses and it pleased him to make a way to put that on Jesus so that his people could be free from it. Hallelujah. And Isaiah is asking the question, who's going to believe this? Who's going to believe that God is so big, so powerful, so mighty, that He could take all the sicknesses of mankind and put them on His Son? I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it. I believe that He is big enough to take all the sins of mankind and put them upon Jesus so that once someone finds out about it, they can come to Jesus and receive forgiveness for sins. Because why? Their sins have been included. And I believe the same thing about sickness and disease. Hallelujah. And pains. That our sicknesses, our diseases, our pains, and and also the sicknesses and diseases and pains of the person sitting next to you, or behind you, or in front of you, or in Swansea, or in Rehoboth, or in America. If we were to go out there into all the nations, like they went into Syria and gathered all the people up, Jesus has provided for all of them. Hallelujah. There will not be one of them that is outside of His provision. What do they need? They need someone to come and tell them the good news. Hallelujah. News happens after something has taken place, right? Praise the Lord. So we say, an event has happened, and we got good news for you. Hallelujah. The good news is, what they diagnosed you with, Jesus already carried it. What's in your body right now, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't have any anxiety. Don't have any fear. Jesus has already solved it. Hallelujah. Provision has been made. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go over to the book of Romans chapter 10. You see, some of us, when it comes to the area of healing, we think that we're getting healed because there's a man of God that's really gifted. And thank God for men of God or women of God that are really gifted by God. And thank God for men of God, uh, God and women of God who have, who have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and are used by the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that, right? But even that is based on something that Jesus has done that makes it that possible. So what we want to do is we want to go back, you know, let's say for instance, someone comes in with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They've got the gifts of healings. They've got working of miracles. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. And some of you, you've got that gift and you're sitting on it. And you need to bring that gift out to help mankind. Hallelujah. Because he doesn't just give it to pastors or missionaries. He wants to give it to his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I found that sometimes these ministries can come and even though people come for the healing meetings, a lot of people still go home sick. Why? Because thank God for the gifts, but not everything is, happens according to the gifts. Even in Jesus' ministry, not everything happened because He was gifted. He would turn to people and say, your faith has made you whole. In fact, the majority of people, Jesus told them that it was their faith in Him that had made them well. For some of them, He reached out and He healed them. But He didn't just have that aspect of His ministry. His other predominant aspect was they came to Him believing. And when you put those together, the percentages go way up. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And that's what we want to do. We want to have the gifts functioning, but we also want to have the foundation of truth in our life so that we can access it at any time because Jesus Christ is always available. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is this just wishful thinking? This is the truth, isn't it? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they will share a similar experience. They shall be saved. Again, it's the same word they shall be healed, they shall be delivered, they shall be made whole. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, some of them will get healed. Some of them will get saved. No. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they will have a similar experience. Because why? The Lord is not playing favorites. He wasn't playing favorites on the cross. He took my sicknesses, he took yours. He took my pains, he took yours. He took the person down the street. He took theirs as well. To make it available so that all who call upon him could be saved. But then as we looked at it another time, he qualified what it meant to be calling on him. It says, first of all, there should be a preacher. How shall they hear without a preacher? What's the answer? They can't. How shall they preach unless they're sent? They can't. So what is it saying? It's saying the preacher is being sent to say what he says. He didn't come up with the idea himself. What's the end goal? The end goal is salvation. Get people saved, healed, delivered, right? So someone is back there, the Lord, and he's saying, now I'm going to send some of you to go and preach to people. To go and proclaim to people. Hallelujah. How shall they preach unless they're sent? They can't. Let's go up a little bit further. How shall they believe in Him in whom they've not heard? They can't. How then shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed? They can't. So what do we need? We need the Lord to send preachers so that they can preach, so that people can hear something and believe something and then they can call on the Lord and be saved. What are we preaching about? We're preaching about what Jesus has done. Jesus has taken every sickness. Jesus has taken every disease. Jesus has taken every pain. Hallelujah. And he sent us to tell people that. And then the question is, who's going to believe that report and who's going to experience the arm of the Lord? Now, if we're not believing yet, what do we need to do? We just need to hear it more or maybe we need another preacher to come and preach so that we can believe it. Hallelujah, right? Some people may not connect with me. They may connect with someone else. They may hear something from someone else and it clicks and they say, "Now I understand. Now I believe this." Hallelujah. Now I'm ready to call and be saved. Because sometimes people are trying to call to be saved when they're not really in a place of believing. They're hoping. They're wishing. They want to give it a try. They want to see what, you know, maybe something will happen. That's not our gospel. Our gospel is based on believing. Our gospel is based on what Jesus has done. Let's just look at a couple passages and then we'll wrap up. Let's go over to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, what does it tell us about people that are sick or experiencing sickness? Is it just germs, viruses, bacteria, heredity, eating too much, eating the wrong foods? Was that why they were all sick? No. It tells us beyond that world is another world. And there is an oppressor. And Jesus went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. Sickness is a form of control that Satan is using in people's lives. It is oppression. It is bondage. And we need to look at it as such and say, you know what? You're not going to have control over me any longer. Jesus has come to set me free. Hallelujah. Now, you might be able to put a name on it, that's fine. But it's still oppression of the devil. And because it is involved in oppression of the devil, it is spiritual. And God's solution is a spiritual solution. How did he remove the oppression of the devil? He sent us Jesus. Hallelujah. Arthritis is oppression of the devil. It's not just getting old. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, one of the benefits, he'll renew our youth like the eagles, right? So that we can be like Caleb and, you know, said, you know, at 85, I'm still as strong as I was at 40. Hallelujah. We want that, don't we? The Bible tells us that he can moisten our bones. Hallelujah. He can heal us of neuropathia, nerve damage. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go over to the book of Colossians. Colossians 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 chapter 1 verse 13 This is written to believers it says he has delivered us from the authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love So sickness is oppression by who the devil What has Jesus come to do? Not just to forgive us, but to set us free from the authority of the devil. How did he do that? He took us out of that kingdom and he put us into another kingdom. He said where he used to control you, he can't control you anymore. Where he used to dominate you, he can't dominate you anymore. Why is the believer being told this? Because why? He doesn't know the truth. But once he knows the truth, he's free, hallelujah. Once he knows the truth, he can say to Satan, Satan, you have no right here. When I was under your other kingdom, you had a right to control me, but not anymore. I have been set free from your authority. That sphere where you controlled my life is over. Maybe my family had a history of these diseases. They didn't know the Lord. They didn't know the truth. But now I know the truth, and I declare that I am free, hallelujah, hallelujah. Not for me. They may have prognosed on me that I'm going to have a similar experience to them. I don't believe it. I believe I'm going to have a similar experience to those that are healed. I believe my experience is good news. I believe I can bless the Lord with all my soul because why? Jesus has given me the benefit of physical healing, Jesus has provided for me. He took my cancer. He took my sicknesses. He took my tumors. He took my arthritis. And He bore them away from me. And tonight I declare that they are over. Hallelujah. And their control is over in my life. Why? I have been translated out of that kingdom. I'm another species. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new species. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Everything's become new. Now I'm not under the authority of the devil, I've been given authority over the devil. Now he's not just invading my space, I am invading his space. That's why I'm being called to go into all the world and preach the good news. Because there's a lot of people who don't know the news that Jesus has come to set them free from every sickness, Every disease, every pain, every injury. Hallelujah. Jesus is big enough. Hallelujah. This gospel is not an African gospel. You know, sometimes being a missionary in Africa, I come back and they say, well, you know, that's Africa. There's a lot more miracles there. Have you been to Africa? No. So don't tell me what it's like in Africa. I've been there 25 years. I know that there's, in some churches, there are no miracles and healings. You know why? Because they don't have the message. And they don't believe it. Thank God you're in a church that believes it. Pastor John has been preaching on it. You know, and I look out and I, know I only see, you know, this many people out of the church. I'm not discouraged because I think that's a good indication that a lot of people are healthy. Hallelujah. Right? Maybe at some point you'll have a healing service here and no one will come because no one will need it. That's what the Bible says. If there's anyone sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, which means there may be a time when there are no sick people among us. Then we all know the truth. Hallelujah. All right, last verse. Let's go over to 1 Peter 2.24. Now, Peter's writing this, I think it's probably 25 years maybe after the resurrection, somewhere around there, I'm guessing. Peter had quite a healing ministry, didn't he? Peter writes this, he's writing to the saints, the believers, right? Right? He says in verse 24 He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to righteousness I'm sorry that we having died to sin might live for righteousness and by whose stripes you were healed. Peter's looking back, right? And he's writing to believers and he's letting them know healing is not something future. It is something past for the believer. He says, And by his stripes, something happened to you. You were there when he was on that cross. Hallelujah. By his stripes, you were healed. Not lucky sister so-and-so and and lucky brother so-and-so And not one out of a million believers. He's writing to all believers and he says, It was your sins he was carrying on that tree. And by his stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. By his stripes, you were healed. Okay, so why? What's going on then if I'm still having these issues with my body? All right, I'm sorry. One more verse, okay? Let's go back to the book of Mark, chapter 16. Now, there are many methods that people can receive healing. Biblical methods. And I recommend the biblical methods, right? Not, Not the unbiblical methods. There are many methods in which people received healing for their physical body. If you were to go through the Gospels, you'll find that some people requested special methods. Right? There were some that said they came to Jesus like Jairus, right? Remember the story of Jairus? He said, come and lay your hands on my daughter that she would live. Right? He said, not only do I want you to come to my house, I want you to do it like this. I want you to take your hand and I want you to put it on my daughter. And there were a lot of people who requested healing through a specific method. The centurion, do you remember him? He said, only say the word and my servant will be made well. He said, you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to lay hands on on my servant. I believe that as soon as you speak it, my servant will be well. So there were different people and they had confidence in different methods. There were some, if you go through the book of of Luke, it says, And they begged him to touch him, we looked at the verse, and as many as touched him were made whole, right? So there was a lot of people that said, We don't want you to touch us, we'll just touch you. So there are a variety of methods in which one can receive healing. One could simply speak to the mountain and command it to leave, and it would leave. One can pray to the Father and believe that they've received their healing and receive. But in Mark chapter 16, it tells us, one of the signs of the believers, they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Praise the Lord. Laying on of hands is the easiest way to receive healing. In the book of Hebrews, it refers to it as the milk of the word of God. Even in Nazareth, where people were not getting healed, it says Jesus was able to lay his hands on a few sick people and get them healed. It's a method which works when other methods don't work. It's the method which Jesus used primarily in his ministry. Now, what are we doing by laying hands on people that are sick? We are not asking God to heal them. Why? God has already healed them. He did that at the cross. By His stripes, they were healed. When we're laying hands on people, we are releasing upon their bodies the provision that has already been made for them. It's almost like having a bank account and just being a point of contact to make the withdrawal. We are saying in the name of Jesus, And we are releasing what Jesus has provided for every individual into their body. Hallelujah. It can fix backs. It can fix organs. It can remove tumors. Whatever you have, understand that Jesus has already solved it 2,000 years ago. They may not even be able to find it. They might not know the reason for it, but God knew and already put it on Jesus. So what are we doing by laying hands on people? We are releasing into them that which has already been provided. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things that it says is, Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to heal the brokenhearted. In the original language, it means those that are shattered in thought and feeling. One can be healed emotionally just as one can be healed physically. How? Jesus has provided that for us. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. Whatever area you're going through where you have no peace, where you have anxiety, where you have these bombarding, tormenting thoughts, That life is not worth living anymore. Jesus has provision to make that all okay. He has the provision to heal the effects of people's actions and activities towards you. You can receive healing for the soul just like you can receive healing for the body. Jesus has provided a way to give us peace in our lives. Hallelujah. That's good news. Hallelujah. It's good news. You know, I worked with an evangelist. In fact, the church has him here, Christopher Lam. Mary and I had the chance to work with him in Africa. We would go in and teach on subjects like healing before he would come and and do his crusades. And we had the pleasure of working with him about six months. And it was a great time in our lives. And their ministry has been going on for years and have all kinds of miracles and everything. And one of the favors that Christopher Alam did to me early on, as I was kind of awed by what was transpiring in his meetings, is he took me aside one night and he asked me the question. He said, Rob, how much of this do you think has to do with me? And I was thinking, a lot of this has to do with you. I mean, you're the man of God, you're the anointed. He said this isn't me this is about Jesus Jesus has provided for these people to receive we're simply sharing the message and giving an opportunity for the Lord to work hallelujah now I know that probably I've gone over the normal time but I don't apologize for that because for some of us, it's the most important time in our life. Hallelujah. And we want to give opportunity for those who, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whatever it is, if there's healing that needs to take place in your body, and you come to a place of believing. Okay? If you're not at a place of believing, if you're not at a place of confidence yet, just hear the Word of God more, and then come through another method at another time. You understand what I'm saying? OK? One of the things is to recognize, you know Rob may have not have done a perfect job tonight to get me where I needed to be, but I'm going to get there. And once I get there, I'm going to call on the Lord, and the Lord's going to sort me out. But for some, tonight, you've heard enough that confidence has come, Hallelujah. Confidence not in us, but in Jesus. not in what Jesus will do, but what Jesus has done. And then we're going to release what Jesus has done into your body. Hallelujah. And the Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now recovery for some people is instant. Hallelujah. And we're going to try to help people receive instant healings tonight. Praise the Lord. But the Bible doesn't tell us that we can control instant or it may take an hour. It may take... A couple of days. It says they'll recover. We're going to start it. Hallelujah. We're going to do our part. Praise the Lord. That's, that's our assignment. You know, sometimes people miss their healing because they don't understand that healing sometimes is recovery. Now, what the scripture does say is if you have issues that are blocking you from having confidence with God, sort those out. Right? If, you, if your conscience is tormenting you over something, ask God to forgive you. If you've got issues against other people, let them go. Position yourself to receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. And then let's celebrate tonight as God begins to set people free in the now. Because he's already done it in the past. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Mary to come. And if you want to be prayed for, you have something? yeah. Okay. If you want to be prayed for, can you just come to the front and we're going to take our time. And I think it will be okay if I say if those need to go, you can can find your way out. But I think it would be good for, for us to stay and participate together. Praise the Lord. So if there's anyone that needs healing, can you come forward and we'll just take our time. Praise the Lord. And minister to you. Thank you, Jesus.
2: i mm-hmm. them. Jesus someone help me sing I believe I believe you're together. Let's sing I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Oh yes, I believe. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Thank you, Lord. I believe. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. The one. of me, moving here in front of me, the one who made the deaf to hear, silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear, saying, I believe, I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God. I believe I believe in you I believe